0: Ladies and gentlemen welcome to the evening Jones. i must be tired as hell i still ain't changed out of my work clothes that ain't never <clears throat> the case uh this late in the evening but you know here we are let me tell you what happened i was at uh on the subway uh at a subway station hold on yeah so i was getting on subway sta- uh getting on the subway in brooklyn right walking down the steps Dude, like, I don't want to say he's posted up, right? posted up is an improper representation of what's going on. But let us just simply say that there was a gentleman who had fallen on hard times of some sort. And he was sitting in the staircase and leaning against the wall. In a slightly different context, you would say that he was posted up. Anyway, so he leaned against the wall. And I take a couple more steps and I look up and I'm like, what the? And I'm assuming that this belonged to the gentleman who was, I mean, again, not posted up. But you saw, you know what I saw sitting at the bottom of them steps? That's right. A prosthetic leg. Just sitting there. Prosthetic leg. I guess my man needed a break. I don't know what it was. But he just had the leg freestanding at the bottom of the steps while he was on the steps a couple steps up. And I'm asking y'all, okay, is it ableist, Of me to say. You got to keep that thing closer to you. You can't just leave it out here. It's people walking by that ain't got no reason to expect this. Although I must say to be fair. It's New York City. Take a lot more than a leg just standing in the subway station all by itself to make people break stride. May have been the only one. But it reminds me of something. So when I was in high school, I was a manager for the basketball team my sophomore year. And we went to a basketball tournament. And I mean, check this out, right? So we stayed, the basketball tournament was in Port Arthur. And we stayed at a Motel 6 in this little town called Groves, all right? You know, two beds per room. And so the dudes that was on the team, they got rooms. And then I, I kept a book, Big Love was a manager. We had two trainers, okay? so that is four people and i feel like i'm i'm forgetting somebody else that's in this me big love two trainers anyway i bring all that up to say that he put five of us in a room i remember this it was five of us in the room, but what made it worse about us having five in the room is that one of the trainers had was a really good athlete, but he had a career ending uh situation so he couldn't play anymore, but he stuck around as a trainer, all right. But there was a dude on the team who didn't get no burn, he was just on varsity largely because he was a senior. Coach made that dude who didn't get no burn stay in the room with us and the rest of the managers and let the trainer, who was a good athlete, stay in the room with the players. Right. That really happened. had a lot of fun on that trip, though, I remember. I learned how to play taunt for money, right? It was a great trip uh, in that regard. But I bring all that up because the trainer who was not the athlete he had a prosthetic leg as i recall it went up pretty high all right so i think it was the first night that we were in this motel 6 And I'm asleep. And I guess I must've been like the first person to wake up. Cause I roll over, I open my eyes and it's a leg laying on the wall. And I almost shed a brick, right? Like imagine that you ain't got no warning. You got no way of knowing what to do and you just open your eyes and boom it's a leg on the wall and i gotta say it was i don't know how you judge the quality of these things but that looked like a leg like my man's leg that was at the bottom of the steps that looked like a fake leg that just looked like a leg but i got a grip nobody else that really woke up yet And I don't really know the process of everybody waking up. And in retrospect, I don't know how five of us made it work in that room. Um, But anyway, I remember Big Love woke up. Big Love woke up. And I guess I don't don't even think it's a matter for him waking up as much. In fact, no, that's right. This didn't happen to Big Love in the morning. That happened to me in the morning. I was just a little shocked. It was at night that at some point Big Love looked over and saw that leg and told old boy, hey, don't do that. And old boy was like, Where am I supposed to put my leg? Which, fair question. Right? We are asking a lot of him. What, is, what are you supposed to do? Go put his leg in the closet? You know what's going to happen then? You're going to open up the closet and it's going to be a leg. Like, no matter what happened, no matter how you spun it, it was going to be a leg. Probably best that the leg be out in the open. Or, in this case, Maybe you just got to keep your leg on. Like I could very easily see a scenario and it was raining too. So you could imagine the steps are slippery. You imagine like you have a like slippery step and then you look down and you see a leg and you ain't expecting to see a leg. And look, it's New York. It might've been a leg, like an actual leg, not a prosthesis, but like a a, a full on leg. I mean, you expect. I, I it take a lot to make people break stride, but still, man, if we are we not human? You know what I'm saying? So I'm just asking, and I don't think there's too much to ask for. Just, just, just understand that not everybody sees a prosthesis every day. it can take a lot for us to get up to speed. And it wasn't a whole leg. People in the chat room saying a whole leg. It was like from the knee to the foot. Anyway, let us move on to your questions. Thoughts on the coronavirus. I got to say, I really have one primary thought about the coronavirus. And you know what that is? I hope I don't catch it. Outside of that, I ain't really got that much, man. I was talking to somebody, um, Asian cat, and he said he talked to his brother, and he said it was the first time that uh, basically, Somebody looked dead at him and covered his mouth. Like look right at him, did one of these, you know, apparently to protect himself from the coronavirus. And this is my thing, man. You got to start. Like, I don't even know if this all goes together in the realm of stereotypes, but I'm saying you got to put all your stereotypes together. And so you're thinking, oh, man, they're Chinese. They might have had a coronavirus. Why don't you add the one thing that you know about Chinese people to that? And you know what the one thing is? is That you know about Chinese people. I want to see who the first person is to bring it up in the chat room. Like what's one thing we know about China? That's right. It's a billion of them. That's what we know. It's a billion of them. Look, man when they first started coming out about this coronavirus and I saw something and they were like, yeah, 57 people have it. I'm like, I need some more context. Like 57 people in China having something does not tell me that this is an epidemic as it's been advertised. And I'm not saying that it ain't no epidemic. I'm not saying that it can't be an epidemic. I'm just saying, telling me that 57 people in China have it. Like if you tell me that 57 people in Harlem have it, oh, we got a situation. If you tell me 57 people in Manhattan got it, it might be a thing all right you tell me 57 people in New York City have it I'm not really tripping right maybe I'm the one that's doing this wrong right and hey you say they lying about the numbers maybe that is the case right all I'm saying is I don't know what you want me to think about the coronavirus other than the fact that I don't want to catch it what I do see is it is bringing out the schism. I hear in people in ways that is just really, 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 really stupid. All right. My man says, well, Wuhan's population is about the size of New York City. Well, you know what, Cornelius? If I was in Wuhan, I would be worried. But I am not in Wuhan. And I know that all of Wuhan has not rolled up into New York City. Right. If I see an Asian person on the train, I'm not assuming that he came here from Wuhan. You know why? Because it's a bunch of Asian people who's been here. I don't know if you know this, but there's a whole section of the city called, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. You know what it's called? That's right. Chinatown. It's called Chinatown, which is to say, China been up in here. It's a pretty safe guess that whoever that is doesn't have a coronavirus. And by the way, if they did have the coronavirus, there's a chance that you was probably done for already on that train. And guess what? You know who else would have caught the coronavirus on the train? Guess what? You know, you know who might have caught it? People who aren't Asian. Hadn't thought about that, Hedge. And I'm saying Asian in that context and not Chinese because, I mean, we can say this. It ain't like we looking at Asian people and being real good about telling them apart. We don't do well as a society telling our Asian brothers and sisters apart as individuals, let alone trying to split them up by countries. People out here seeing any Asian person thinking they're Chinese. It's not how it works, okay? It's not how it works. All of this is a great big old, it's not how it works. I also don't want to catch it. I ain't going nothing ridiculous to avoid catching that. I just want to make it clear to all parties involved. I don't want to catch it. Appreciate the question. Um, I, y'all can see these questions, I think. So let me clarify this what I put on the screen. A guy says, you mentioned on an episode of The Right Time a few months ago that you once wore a Chase shirt into the studio in Levitard and you and he had a long conversation afterwards about the shirt and what it represented. What was that discussion like? That never happened. I have never owned a Che shirt. Yeah, I got no idea. Uh, I said to me and Dan had to go in the parking lot to talk about it when Nelson Mandela died because our Cuban brothers and sisters in Miami are not fans of Nelson Mandela. But that scenario you just talked about is pure fiction. I know plenty about Che Guevara and would not need Dan to explain it to me. Let me see what else we got here. Would you wait 10 years for your favorite rapper to finally put out their album? Is this about Jay Electronica? Is he going to actually put out an album? Oh, wow. That's what's up. Um, It seems like a stupid question though. Uh, Would you wait 10 years for your favorite rapper to put out an album? What the hell else would I do? He put it out or he don't. What I'm going to do show up at his house. Hey, tired waiting on this album. No, man, whenever the album come out, the album just going to come out. And, I mean, he can wrap his ass off. I'll probably give it a listen. And if somebody brings it in front of me, I ain't going to go out of my way necessarily. Uh, I applaud the fact that he figured out all these different ways to live his life into 10 years without putting out no music. Good for him. All right, appreciate the question. Uh, Let me see what else we got here. Did you see the young lady who fell twenty feet down the stripper pole, broke her jaw, and kept dancing? She's now raised thirty-seven thousand in a few days on her GoFundMe. I just got to the part of the video where she like hit the ground. I didn't know that she had actually gotten up and resumed dancing. Which I, I mean, I applaud the stick to itiveness because ain't no way in the world I could do that. I guess that's your friendly reminder that whatever woman is in that house with you is probably tougher than you are. I mean, I know that's the case at the Jones house. My mama 10 times tougher than the rest of us. Ain't ain't nothing about that. I'm gonna just tell y'all this right now because I know somewhere there's a hater out there talking about her getting this $37,000, everything else. I feel very confident saying that while it's cool to get that $37,000, that ain't doing nothing to make that broken jaw feel no better. That sounds like some of the most painful shit I have ever heard. Yikes. By the way, it should be noted. It's pretty amazing when you think about it, how rarely that happens. Like, those ladies don't typically fall off the pole. And I feel confident saying this because if they did, we'd see it. That's what Twitter's for. I'd also like to say, why y'all be like recording stuff at the strip club? Game ain't got no rules. Put that shit in your pocket. What's wrong with you? All right. Dude says here, by the way, with all the talk of the coronavirus and the hysteria surrounding it, should we be discussing the reality of the flu? It's killed 10,000 in just the U.S. this season. I'd actually rather not talk about it. That's going to make me feel like I would need to go get a flu shot. I've gotten like two flu shots, and you know what I got from getting the flu shot? Just feeling icky for a few days. But I've never gotten, at least that I can recall, the flu. And I know that that is poor logic for not getting a flu shot. I understand it, but the flu shot be making me feel bad. And I'll be like, yo. And actually, that may be the greatest advertisement for the flu shot. The flu shot. It makes you feel icky, but it's so much better than the flu. Because whenever I get the flu shot, I feel like I got something. Let me see what we got here. Now that you mention, now that you live in New York, has anyone mentioned anything interesting about Bloomberg you can mention? I mean, I got to say, I don't really hang out with people who could tell me interesting things about Mike Bloomberg. Like, I don't have that kind of money, but I can tell you about the time I got stopped and frisked in 2007. How's that pass for a Mike Bloomberg story? Would you like to hear that Mike Bloomberg story about how I got stopped and frisked in 2007? All right. So, and I don't even think I realized at the time I was being stopped at Fritz because I don't live. I lived in, live in Durham, right? Anyway, at the time I was um, engaged to a very lovely woman, and she was looking for an apartment in New York. And in fact, I think I'll tell this whole story out. She was looking for an apartment in New York, but you know, coming from North Carolina, kind of had poor expectation about. Like what seven hundred dollars a month might be able to give you. Get get you. Especially if you don't want to have no roommate, right? So anyway, went to a couple spots. The spots were not what was up at all. And we talking about way uptown. <laughs> Way, 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 way uptown, and so yeah, we went to a couple of them, and they just wasn't cracking. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm I, just saying they were not cracking. Just didn't really telling the story, man. It ain't enough. Like, it felt like the coming to America building. You know, the damn shame what they did to that dog. Like, this is. This is what it was feeling like. And see, the thing about being from the South, man, I've been in some shitty apartment complexes, but like, it wasn't nothing like this. Nothing at all. It was terrible, right? And so I think this last spot was like off Dykeman. Like it was somewhere way up there. And no, it was north of Washington Heights. I know it was further uptown than Washington Heights. Like I know that. So anyway, I had come in that day off the bus. Like I would drive to DC and then catch like one of the fifteen dollars buses or whatever. So I come in, I get off the bus. I got like this big duffel bag that I'm carrying with me. And so we go into this one building and we get to it. And the building is a walk up and I'm like, well, look, I can't do that with this bag. And so she's with this broker. I mean, broker feels like a stretch, but anyway. He goes and he takes her up to look at her spot. Look for Look at a spot. She's looking, you know, looking for her apartment. Okay. They go up. Apparently that spot wasn't what was up. Come back around the corner from the walk up. We're going to cross the street, but like this broker dude, his social skills were not up to snuff. Like he never was talking to us about anything. And so we at the light. she and I talk about something and, It wasn't time for us to walk, but maybe there was enough time. He had, or or it was coming down to the end or whatever. Basically, he walked across the street without us. Don't know why, but he walked across the street without us. She and I talking. Next thing I know, she's like, What? We look up, they throwing that boy against the wall. Like literally throwing him against the wall. So they got him spread, they patted him down. I look up, I don't remember how exactly we come across, but it's this van and the doors open, and these two cops, plain clothes, they got like the badges around their necks, and they flash them and they asked us for ID, and they didn't frisk me, but they, you know, they just did that. And their explanation was that I went into that building and came out of it carrying a heavy bag. I didn't even go in the building. But a heavy bag was enough, apparently. Let them tell it. I wasn't even sure they was real cops. Like, it, it like it, it, really didn't make any sense to me. I was not even sure that they was real cops. Like I almost wanted to be like, can I see that badge again? Like, I was afraid. You know, they showed a badge. Like, I was afraid that they was just writing down my information around some kind of con. I just could not figure it out. And somebody's like, dude was trying to set you up. I assure you, my brother, the way they threw him against the wall, if that was a setup, he is dedicated to his craft in a way that I am not. Believe that. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. What would need to happen for you to create a burner social media account? Hmm. Let me think, what would it take for me to create a burner social media account? You know what it would take for me to create a burner social media account? Like what would have to happen? You ready? You ready? You know what it would take for me to have to, to, to do that? I would have to wake up one morning, look around my apartment, look everywhere, look under the bed, look under the pillows, look in the fridge, look in the cabinet, right? Under the rugs, everywhere, in every drawer. I would have to canvas everywhere in this place, every pocket of every article of clothing that I have. And after I'd done that, if I still couldn't find my dignity or self-respect, Maybe, just maybe, I would start a burner account. Maybe that would be the day. Like, maybe at that point, I would get behind some profile to hide who I am, to then, like, harass people. That's what I would do the day that I lost all my dignity. You know? The day that I had to get behind some fake name and blow people up to defend the honor of Bomani Jones. I'm not even really that fucking interested in doing it from my own name. I don't care that much. I can't understand caring that much. And if I did care that much, I can't understand how you feel satisfied doing this from an account that is designed, in effect, to be ignored. And people say that it's insecure. Is that what it is? I really have no idea. Like, I don't. The part of it that I do not understand, that I fundamentally do not get, is that if you want to bang on these people, why don't you want to do it on your name? How do you get any satisfaction from doing it on a name that ain't yours? I don't see it. One of my partners, right, he used to post on the uh, the boards at Rivals, and for some reason, people thought that he was me, right? He could never figure out either, but people thought that he was me. And I was like, guys, when I've posted on Rivals, you know what my username was? Bomani. That was the name that I posted from. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. You saw Snoop drop that apology. He didn't really have an option considering this rebrand he got with Martha Stewart and him. No, I don't really think his rebrand with Martha Stewart really had anything to do with this apology. Let's be honest, man. That, like He's been doing this Martha Stewart stuff for a long time, and he has never had to stop being Snoop in order to get that money from those people. He exists in a very strange space where he doesn't have to do that. So I don't even necessarily think that this was about a rebrand. Has there been any has anybody threatened his money? Because look, in the end, what did Snoop do? Snoop disrespected a black woman. Other than Don Imus, who's really messed up their money by doing that? I'm not saying that should be the case. I'm just asking you to speak on this factually. Yeah, you say you can't be calling Oprah's bestie a bitch and keep that bag. Yes, you can. He's been calling black-blown bitches for 30 years. What are you talking about? Yes, he can. He's Oprah's friend. What part of his money, like, honest question, what part of his money is that messing up? Like, what lane is that go- Like No, I don't think that's it. Like, I think that's an understandable premise to start with, but I don't really think that's what brought the apology on on this one, right? My guess is... That's probably, like you said, he talked to his mom and his mama said to apologize. But my guess is there's probably some people who didn't even necessarily say it in public who probably hit him and put him to the side and was like, hey, nah, bro, this one ain't going to work. You know, like a lot has been made and understandably so of all the famous people who got in and like said that they agreed with what he was talking about. You know, they agreed with what he was saying. So I know he's got some allies, but there were some other people, too, that was just out here like, nah, this ain't it. This wasn't it. This can't be it. Absolutely not. And so I I don't want to give him too much credit on the apology because the thing about the apology is the apology then calls into question, so when is it okay to call a woman a dog face bitch, Snoop? No, seriously, because, I, mean, like, I mean, it ain't like this. The one time he called somebody a bitch and he's like, I don't know what came over me. No, nah, I mean, he's kind of made a living off of doing this. I'm not even saying this really from like a super high and mighty place. This is just a statement of fact. So this has been the thing that he's done. So like, when, like, is it ever? Cause I mean, I would argue it's never appropriate to do such a thing. It sounds like to him, he was like, yeah, this was inappropriate to do this time, which gets us to a larger discussion that I'd be curious if he'd be willing to have, which is, so when is the time? Like, I remember this, this is a, uh, like one of those moments you ever sit there with somebody say something and you'd be like, Rrr. And so when the Don Imus thing happened, he was, you know, not on Team Don Imus. And somebody asked Snoop the difference between um, Don Imus calling them nappy-headed hoes and when he, on his, in his music, called them hoes. And he's like, Don Imus is out here saying this about some girls that's in college trying to make themselves better. I'm talking about these hoes in these streets trying to get me for my money. Can't say I don't see what he means. Cannot say that. The problem, of course, is that it's like broadly applying this label of hoes to a lot of people who don't want a single dime that he has. But one could argue there was a difference. It's not the sturdiest argument I've ever heard. But kind of see what he's talking about. Moral of the story being, it's just not really appropriate to call anybody hoes and dogface bitches, no matter what kind of rationalizations we draw around it. Appreciate the question. See what we got here. Oh, are you a subtitle guy or an English dub guy? I'm assuming this is about that parasite movie. I have not seen the parasite movie. Um as many of you know who have followed me for a while, I don't really do movies like that. So like don't take this as anything other than the fact that I don't really watch movies like that. Um either I'm gonna watch a movie or I'm gonna read. One of the two. You tell me which one I'm going to do, but I ain't doing both. Somebody here said no Kung Fu. That's when the English dubbing is okay, right? With Kung Fu, it kind of adds to it. Now, Enter the Dragon, it's got a lot of dubbing. All right, appreciate the question. Let me see what else you got here. Ever tried to get an old friend a job at ESPN? Um, I have... Gotten an old friend a job at ESPN. (laughs) Thought you guys knew that story. Actually, I can make an argument multiple. Anyway, appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Did you catch the story about the Jackson State president getting caught in a prostitution sting? He was with a female subordinate, had some green on him, and produced a fake out-of-state ID. So, I know the story and that is my homeboy's uncle so uh actually no like no all jokes aside that one is a little complex for me because i've known that man since i was 17 years old and um like i can i can tell you this like when i was in undergrad like that was the dude that we wanted to be like Man got a PhD from Duke, was cool as hell. Like, just knew how to carry it in every way. Like he was at parties at the crib on the weekend. And you know, when you're in college and you got like an uncle in town or whatever, we used to be able to go over there and hang out at them parties, man. That used to be so much fun. Like all of that. So, like, this I haven't talked, I haven't talked to uh to Dr. Bonham in 20 years now, at least. So I'm not gonna like I can't sit up here and act like, you know, I know him, know him, know him. But as some of you know uh my best friend in college died in april of 2000 my uh senior my junior year of college and just didn't wake up one morning so we go to the funeral and uh i mean the funeral is as gut-wrenching as you could expect such a funeral to be for a 19 year old who just a beloved guy who just died out of nowhere and my man dr bynum got up to speak at that funeral and i ain't never seen anybody in my life like ever turn a whole room around in that way that quickly you know just with like words and stuff you know and i mean it was largely standard you know funeral type fare for those situations but it's cash money man You know, so like that dude, even if I ain't talked to him for a minute, that dude means something to me. Um, but that's wild. Like, I read that story and I was just like, that is not the man that I would expect to get caught up in that situation. That's what I would say. That was not what I ever would have expected. Somebody saying that's sad. Sorry, no, 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 I ain't sad. I mean, yo, man, you know. You do what You get caught. Right. Like, I'm not like I'm not sitting here like heartbroken, like, oh, my God, this has shattered my faith in things as, you know, like, I can't believe this. That I'll never believe in anything ever again in life. No, 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 no. Not that. Oh, he's talking about my friend. Well, hey, man, that was 20 years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, that's what I mean. Hey, man, you know, cats make mistakes. I mean, I don't know if is the right way to put it, but you gonna have to live with it. Appreciate the question. See what else you got here. Can you tell when some of your humor is going to go over people's heads? Mm. My humor is typically not going to go over your head. I don't really have hoity-toity humor. The humor might not hit you because it's a reference that you don't get, but it's not going to be typically because it goes over your head. And if it's going over your head and doing that on purpose, so I can clown you to your face. In which case I do realize it's going to go over your head. Somebody said Pablo be the main one not catching the reference. Right, Pablo comes from a different place. He comes from a different set of things. I just don't know if he always knows that he's not catching it. That's always the fun part. Like Pablo got caught, like he's in this, uh the whole, you know, that thick thing that the non-black people like to do um, on the Twitters now when they talk about somebody being a little, you know, T-H-I-C-C. And I asked Pablo if he knew why it was CC. And he said he thought it was CC because CC looked like a butt. And that's just when you realize, nah. We from different places. All right, let me see what else we got here. You see where a professor at Oklahoma compared OK Boomer to the N-word. Yes, I did see that. Have you seen this story, Professor at uh, University of Oklahoma? Um, One of the students hit him with the OK Boomer, and he said this calling him a Boomer is like saying, and apparently he didn't say like saying the N-word. He actually said it, which I'm assuming came with the hard R. And I just don't understand why it is that people. In the American vernacular, there is like, okay, I want to say there's nothing that's like saying the N word, because that's not true. I would make the argument that a slur that starts with F and has two G's in it about gay people. I would say that that is commensurate with the N word, right? I think that would be a fair comparison to make. Um, But no, it's not the same. And these old people getting so mad about being called boomers. I mean, look, man, these kids sound like fucking idiots when they do that. Like, let's not get that part twisted. And they absolutely do. They out here hitting people like me with boomers. Boomers are like, a generation or two removed from me. Like my parent, my mother, that's a boomer. Or like, she's in that range of things. All right. I'm 39 years old. That don't apply to me. It does not, but it's just kind of been thrown around. And honestly, I don't even know how big it actually got or if This is a thing that started on the internet and then people heard that it was big. And then they go from there. Like you remember that two or three weeks where people were saying that like all fleek was what everybody was saying. And I swear I only heard anybody say it on the internet. And maybe it's cause I'm old now, but I never heard anybody actually out here saying it in the wild. You feel me? But yeah, no, nah, no, nah, that cat right there. Like, I just don't know how it is. You form your lips to say that and think anything other than, well, I won't have to come to work for a couple of weeks. All right, let's take one more question. Tweak two of Black History Month. What's the over under for Matthew Henson reference? Because I've been waiting. Yeah, I'll find a way to bring up Matthew Henson in that play ass coat. And I know that, you know, we pick up new listeners every week, every year. You know what I'm saying? There's people that's new to the show. And some of y'all don't even know nothing about Matthew Henson. They ain't even really doing the standard Black History Month curriculum in the schools no more. Are they even putting like the things on the wall with all the same Black History Month people? Right? Are they doing that? I don't know. Because very often on that wall will be a picture of a general, a gentleman named Matthew Henson. And Matthew Henson was riding with the homie, uh, what's his name? Admiral Perry. And they had like their dogs, right? And they went to the North Pole. And I'm guessing that back in the day, they didn't make no reference to Matthew Henson going to the North Pole because that's how they do. You know? But Matthew Henson went all the way up to the North Pole. Yes, he did. And what I'm going to do right now, just for you, is pull up a picture The player himself, Matthew Henson. And I'm going to put this picture right here in this chat room. And y'all going to click on that picture. Some of y'all going to see that coat. Some of y'all going to see that panky ring. See what I'm saying? That man was stunting on the North Pole. Stunting on it. I do imagine this, though. When you go tell your woman, hey, baby, I'm going to the North Pole. Like, are you believed? Does anybody think you're telling the truth? That's a fair question, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I promise I'll be. Come on, baby. Why else would I be taking every coat that I own? I'm going to the North Pole with who? Oh, with that? Okay. So you going to the? You are going to the North Pole with some white man? Okay. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't so much feel like that. That's a. That's an easy story to believe. I could be wrong. So there's, there's something really peep game on this. Keep peep game on this. Look at the wiki page now. Matthew Henson was born in August 1866. Okay. So his parents were sharecroppers who were free during the Civil War. Spent most of his early life in D.C. but left school at age 12 to work as a cabin boy. He later came back to Washington. He worked at a, as a sales clerk. And one of his customers was Admiral Perry, who hired him as a personal valet. And for the first time, they went to the North Pole in 1891. All right. And it says that Henson served as a navigator and a craftsman. So again, this white man come to this store that you work at hires you to work for him. And then is like, yo, you trying to go to the North Pole? I don't know, guys. I don't know. Also, I don't know if you guys know about this, but uh what's his name? Louis Armstrong used to come home every night and, like, document his day or whatever on tapes. Like, he would record a bunch of tapes. And I saw a story about it once on the tapes. And it's a lot of Louis Armstrong talking about three things. Weed, laxatives, and how much he disliked white people. Like, all that smiling that Louis Armstrong was doing, and I say to myself. No, nah, that really wasn't what it was about when uh, wasn't nobody around. That wasn't it for him. Where are these Matthew Henson tapes as he was the first black man to go to the North Pole with some white man? Like, what was he saying? Hell, what was Admiral Perry saying? How sick were they of one another by the time they got to the North Pole? Right? Right? <laughs> Ryan said Matthew to me he like he's out here wearing shorts. <laughs> Eric in there reading about the Louis Armstrong tapes. Now, told you, man. Thank you for whoever whoever wanted to talk about Matthew Perry in this Black. I mean Matthew Henson this Black History Month. (laughs) I needed that. That really made a day that wasn't so fantastic. (laughs) Woo, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. Try to do this thing here every week or two. My man, Lance Gilliam, handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, if you can't catch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the iTunes store, subscribe to Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. We are also at the Google Play Store. All right, talk to you guys a little later. Take it easy.